Hello, and welcome to Spouses of Light. I'm David. And I'm Lisa. And this is a podcast where we play every Final Fantasy game, starting with one, and talk about it. Together! We're on Final Fantasy 2, so let's dive back in. Last time we left off, because I had jumped the gun on the story stuff, and so I was way ahead. And so you kind of walked us through the order of how you're supposed to get to where I was. <laughs> and so I'm going to lead us through Summit Falls. So as a reminder, the reason I went to Summit Falls first was because I went to the airship and I just picked the first destination that I hadn't seen yet. So the airship takes me to Summit Falls and it's a cave entrance. And so I go inside the cave and I am dropped into B1 and it is misty. There's new music. And immediately I see a blue crystal to the left of the entrance. Yeah. I thought it was super cool to see that blue crystal. Yeah. And so I try to interact with it, but nothing happens. Yeah. On the floor, there are two treasure chests, one with 200 gil and one with 400 gil. So I go down to the next level, B2. Oh, what kind of monsters did you fight on B1? I didn't make a note of that. Okay. For me, there were goblins, goblin guards, balloons, sasquatches, and soldiers. That sounds about right. Yeah. I really like the Sasquatches. Yeah. They were like, and it's also very interesting that like they call the bombs balloons in this one because it's like balloons and grenades later on, the same sprite. But in like later Final Fantasy games, they're bombs, not balloons. And so that was just fun to me. Nice. Anything else for floor one? Uh, No. Okay. So yeah. So go down to B2. Uh, near the stairs, it's flooded. The Like, mm-hmm. you, you walk into it, and the water's up to, your, like, chest high level. And I'm walking around. I wrote down, in the northwest corner, there's a chest with eye drops. There's a chest north center that has a high potion. And then another chest in the southeast corner that has a potion in it. Mm-hmm. In the northeast corner, though, there are four doors. Yep. And I walked into all of them. Three of them were empty. Mm-hmm. And one of them had stairs to the next floor. Yep. The same monsters were on this floor, except there was also a sprinter on this one. Yes. And a sprinter is a, the one-legged bird thing. Yeah, it looks like a cross between a pelican and a flamingo that's, like, ready to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very angry bird. Yes. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, next floor, there's more chests. There's a chest with 200 gil, another chest with 250 gil, and, oh, I wrote down enemies here. So there are balloons. Hideous nightmare-looking slimers is what I how I describe them. <laughs> okay. Anyway, then there's a, another door leads to an empty room. Three more doors in the northwest corner. Again, two of them are empty, and one of them has a room full of people. There are four guys with blue hair. They are all <laughs> slaves, and they they each say, "Help us, please." Then there's a guy with a purple cloak and or like a cape. It's Paul. It is Paul, the greatest thief in the world. Yes. And he says that he's glad we're there because he messed up and got caught. Yeah. <laughs> Next to him, there's a girl and she's got pigtails and a green dress. It's Joseph's daughter, Nellie. Because I had not yet explored that town, I didn't know who Joseph was or that he had a daughter named Nellie. I'm just like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's Joseph's daughter, Nellie. <laughs> yep. And she's been uh, kidnapped by Borgen to make Joseph comply to what he wants him to do. Yes, and Paul is there because he thought he could get the jump on them and, and rescue and everything, but he, he was not able to. And steal the mithril. Yes. Ta-da! This is a mithril mine. He thought he could scoop us, but he got caught. Now he's leaving. He takes all the people with him. And they all go, thanks for rescuing us. And then I wrote in my notes, what did I rescue them from? 
Well, exactly. Like, I understand that he couldn't go deeper into the mine to get the mithril, but at any point, if he could have just run backwards, yeah, he could have run backwards. There were no, like, bosses yes. that I fought on the way here. Yeah, I didn't notice that until my second, this this new playthrough. <laughs> the first time I was like, oh yeah, I totally rescued them. And then this time I was like, wait, I didn't have to, yeah, I didn't have to fight any guards or anything to get there. In their own heads, maybe they were trapped. I, I guess <laughs> there was a soldier as some of the, like, fights. So maybe because I beat a soldier as a random encounter. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. There you go. Anyway, so we walk past them, go down to B4. Now there are green slimes, which I called jello blobs with eyes and teeth. Okay. Anyway. I didn't see any of those. Okay. There's a, in the northwest chest, there's a fire tome, which I was like, cool. I already bought that. Yep. In the northwest corner, there's a door. It's an empty room. The southeast corner has stairs. So now we're in B5. More doors. Lots and lots. Not more door, but more <laughs> doors. Wow. <laughs> wow. Most of them are empty rooms. The middle one, uh, there's a marching dude and a chest. Mm-hmm. He's a sergeant. The chest had me throw in it. Yep. The sergeant, he's got black armor and he just looks really cool. Yeah. And my weapons did no damage on him. Yeah. It was all about having to use magic because he's wearing mithril. And so because he has mithril armor and he's got a mithril blade that he says will stab through our hearts. Yes, yes. Because of all that, we like I realized, well, I just have to magic him up and wreck his face. Yeah. I unfortunately had used all my MP by this point because I was grinding the spells. And so it was the longest fight ever because <laughs> my weapons were doing about 15 damage every three or so shots. There so, you go. Yeah. Uh, I did. Yeah, I wrote that down. He, he said something like, oh, you'll get Mithril, my Mithril sword in your head. <laughs> and yeah, that made me laugh. So beat him. And in the back of the room, there's a waterfall. And I was like, ooh, is there like a hidden entrance behind here or anything? No, it's just a waterfall for decoration. Nice. Did you find the chest that had monsters in it? Yes. Uh, it had a land turtle in it. Yes. The land turtle was very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my first playthrough, the land turtle wiped my party because, again, I had no MP left ah. and my weapons did absolutely nothing against the land turtle. Yeah. The land turtle resists physical attacks. Mm -hmm. And so you need either magic or some... or some really big physical attacks. Or a weapon like the flame bow that can do fire damage while it shoots. I did not have a flame blow at this point. Do you have a flame bow? I do have a flame bow. I didn't have it at this point, I think. I got it a couple things later. Got it. Yeah. yeah, so in my second playthrough, because I had these notes already, I was like, oh, he's weak to ice? Boom. It was done in three shots. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so. Cool, cool, cool. All right. He had a teleport tome in his chest. I did not write that down, but that sounds right. Yeah. Cool. So then I can teleport out. Yep. I was recently listening to our our first few episodes and I was complaining about how there's no teleportation. After you, we finished a cave, we had to walk all the way back through it. Now we have teleport. Yep. So, We yay! also had it with Minwoo when he was in our party. He knew how to teleport. I just meant compared to the first game. Oh, yes. And the first game we, we were talking about, yeah. we didn't have any way to escape after we were done with the dungeon. Yeah. Now we have teleport. Yep, yep. So teleported out. Uh, instead of going back to Poft, I head further east to Bafsk. Oh, okay. I went back to Salamand. Yeah, see, again, I didn't know I was supposed to do that because I hadn't gone into the first place. Gotcha. And for me, I'm like, I just rescued a dude's, like, daughter. I should go see what that reaction is like. So I head back to Salamand. All the wives say thank you for saving their husbands. The husbands just go, thanks. It's like, <laughs> okay, bud. <laughs> you think you should be a little more excited. 
And then everyone also tells me I should take the Mithril back to Altair. I talk to Joseph, and he's over the moon about rescuing Nelly also. And then I take the airship back to Altair. So what'd you do in Basks? So in Basks, I found there are a bunch of dudes with blue hair and soldiers wandering around. Mm -hmm. And they all say, dot, dot, dot. Oh, okay. Like, none of them will talk to me. There's a guy with a gold horn helmet in the middle of town. Mm -hmm. That's the Dark Knight. Oh, see, I never got to meet him because I didn't go out of order there. There we go. So yeah, that's the Dark Knight. And he says, what are you doing just standing around? Move. Mm. And then there's a, there's a guy in the lower left of town blocking the way to a set of stairs. Oh, sorry. So no, none of the shops are open. Like, they're all blocked off. And so the guy in the lower left uh, blocking, there's a set of stairs. He says, fools, if I get caught talking with you while the Dark Knight's here, I could be killed for dereliction of duty. I try all the keywords and items, but nothing happens. So I go back to Altair and I show Hilda the Mithril. Yeah. So I still haven't gone to Salaman. So when I, like I said, when I get there, it's going to be a completely different experience than what you had. <laughs> Excellent. So do you want to talk more about Salaman? Or are you done talking about Salaman? I told you everything about Salaman. Okay. Salaman told me to go to talk to Hilda okay. and show her the Mithril. Okay. So I'm back in Altair with you. Perfect. So Hilda's very excited that we've got the Mithril. She says that we'll be able to fight on the same level as the Empire now. And she tells me to take it to Tobul, the blacksmith, to get magnificent weapons. Indeed. So I went to talk to the king. He was sad to hear of Scott's passing, because I hadn't talked to him about that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, says he, he proposed to Hilda, but now we'll never get to hear her answer. Yep. So extra sad about that story. So... We, I go to Tobul, he's excited to craft with Mithril, and now I can buy Mithril weapons from a blonde guy on the left. Yeah. Like, he gets super giddy. Like, yes. he acts like a little kid, he starts bouncing up and down, mm -hmm. and then he's just like, go talk to them to buy stuff, I'm going to make things. And he just runs in the corner, and he won't talk to you again. Like, yes. if you talk to him, he just goes, don't bother me, I'm working. Uh -huh. And he's just having fun making stuff. Yeah. And then, again, so he employs a second person just to sell Mithril weapons. I don't know why the first guy couldn't sell Mithril weapons, but... That's cool. We stimulated the economy. So <laughs> I talked to Hilda again after giving it to, to after giving Tobol the stuff and buying some Mithril items, and she tells me to go to Basks and destroy the Dreadnought. There you go. So you're going to head to Salamand, but I'm going to head to Basks. Okay. People tell me to take the Mithril to Hilda as soon as possible, and I'm like, I already did take the Mithril to Hilda, but that's cool. Joseph says that ever since the Dark Knight showed up, production on Dreadnought has increased in speed. Then says Cement Falls is an old Mithril mine and offers to help any way we can since the, since we rescued his daughter. Yeah. Nelly thanks us for saving her. So after my time in Salamand, I go back to Hilda again because I'm not sure what to do. And she and she's, that's when she tells me the Dark Knight was the most capable knight. But now he's busy elsewhere. So that's why when you go to Basques, you don't see him. Yep. So the theft of the, of the Mithril has likely knocked the Empire off balance. And she tells me to go to Basque. Oh, and she tells us that there's a spy there that's going to help us. Oh, okay. So that we need to talk to somebody in Basque who's the spy and that they'll help us get to the secret passage to go destroy the Dreadnought. Yes. And then the, the wizard in the throne room says, yes, I can see it now. A great evil in the skies like roiling storm clouds. Pray you find cover when the storm breaks. People in the lobby of the rebel hideout encourage me to destroy the Dreadnought. One girl says Borgen has taken over for the Dreadnought, the, the Dark Knight, rather. And one Borden. dude, <laughs> he's the one that betrayed us. He's the one that kidnaps Nelly. This is a bad dude. Yeah. The Dark Knight sounds like they're more capable and stronger, but Borgen's a jerk. 
And well, I can't wait to kill Borgen. Yes. There's something up with the Dark Knight, too, because there's another guy in the hideout, and he says the Dark Knight was using hypnosis on the people of Basque. Mm. And so that's why none of them would talk to me, because gotcha. they were all hypnotized. Now I'm in Basque. Great. So one dude says that I have to destroy the Dreadnought. Mm-hmm. There's a soldier that says he doesn't like Borgen in charge. Yeah. That the thought of doing anything for his precious glory makes me sick to my stomach. Yep. <laughs> another soldier yells at me to get back to work. He says, I swear, no one wants to work under General Borgen. So we're not the only ones who don't like him. Yeah, nobody likes Borgen and nobody's willing to work. One of the guys who says that he hates working for Borgen also says that he can't remember what it was like working for the Dark Knight. Yeah, so he, he's hip- he was hypnotized. Yeah, he's trying to compare them. He's like, I hate working for Borgen. I don't even remember what it was like with the Dark Knight was here. I wasn't told that they hypnotized people. So yep. that's interesting. And then, yeah, the there's a bunch of soldiers who are obviously sergeants because they're dressed in that same Dark Knight type attire, but aren't the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And they find the spy. Oh, sorry. There's another soldier who says that without the Dark Knight, they're going to fall behind schedule. Yeah. So he was a much better person in charge. Uh, did you talk to Borgen himself? I did talk to Borgen. He yells at me to get back to work and says his glory will be greater if we finish even one day sooner. Yeah. And I said he looks like Napoleon. And now, <laughs> that's true. He does. he is dressed like that. He's and got that, whatever that hat's called. Yeah, what is that hat called? Is it a trifold? Tricorn? I don't know. I don't know. The stores are open now? Yes. So there's ma- new magic available. There's Fear, Basuna, Esuna, and Silence are available. And what do Basuna and Esuna do? Esuna heals you of status effects, I believe. Oh, okay. And I don't remember what Basuna does. I didn't buy them. Oh, okay. I have Minwoo with me, and Minwoo has all the white magic, so yes. I didn't need to buy it yet. Yeah, we don't need anything with Minwoo. But I do buy some silver armor from the store and uh, equip everybody with silver armor, so I'm ready oh, okay. to go in to the sewers. Yeah. So the soldier blocking the path will now talk to me more because I know the keyword dreadnought. Mm-hmm. And so he says he wonders how Borgen was able to rise in the ranks because he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and he says life is easier under him than the Dark Knight. So he he enjoys the freedom, I guess, of Borgen being incompetent. <laughs> and then he says, oh, good. You are the ones who were sent to destroy it. And then he runs away. <laughs> so we go down the stairs and we are in Bath's cave. In B1, I wrote that there are zombies. And so if there are zombies in the sewer, they've got a bigger problem than the Empire. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's leg eaters, vampire thorns, zombies, and balloons. Then there's a chest containing a longsword and a longbow. And then from there, we head up to floor one. And who do we encounter? Or do you have anything to say before that? I just wrote who we encounter. Oh, I I did notice that, like, Baf's Cave's level one is basically a giant maze. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to, like, make you walk around and get lost and have to fight to weaken you for the boss fight. Ah. But the mapping in the Pixel Remaster, when you open the map in a floor, it shows you the entire layout complete with doors and chests and up and downs and it makes all these maze layouts completely irrelevant yeah and almost every dungeon has a couple floors that are just purely maze layouts i don't know if the mapping is actually a good thing i don't know if it should have been one of those things where similar to one where as you explore the map remembers and reveals it i don't know if i like that it's fully revealed all the time but I do like it for the sake of moving through this game faster. I was say, it makes it easier. <laughs> so, it's pros and cons. But yeah, the Dark Knight is there. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm too late. The Dreadnought is already complete. 
And he says that he was working behind the scenes, making everyone think Borgen was in charge, but he was the one making everything get ready with nobody else knowing. And so that the resistance will kneel to the emperor. He tells me to kneel to the empire and that the next time we meet, he will not let us pass. Yeah. And then we don't get a boss fight. He just goes away. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's just here to threaten us. But then who comes out? Borgen. Borgen comes out. He laughs at us, tells us to come see, and then we get a cutscene. Yep. We walk outside and the dreadnought rises into the air and it just starts flying around and bombing towns. We see Poft and Paloom and Altair all get bombed by the dreadnought. I go back to the first floor to where Borgen came from, mm-hmm. find out there's a pass in the chest. Oh, that was a key word earlier. I don't think we mentioned that. The Dreadnought Pass allows you to ride on the Dreadnought. Yes. So there's a teleport space that's back to the town entrance. I enter. I go back into the town just to see what happened. All of the soldiers are gone. Mm-hmm. And every dude in there says that we're doomed. That's all yeah. they say. They say, we're doomed, we're all doomed. And it says, the world as we know it is over. And they tell me to go talk to Hilda and Sid to find out how to beat the Dreadnought, if there is a way. So on my way back to Altair, I stop in Poft. Mm-hmm. And there's a girl, she says, they're dead. They're all dead. And in my head, I hear Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible. <laughs> there's I also just, just like craters yes. everywhere throughout the town. It it looks wrecked. Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah, there's signs, signs of bombing everywhere. And then I don't remember if it happened in these first two towns, but when we get to Altair... The edges of the screen are now blurred in the corners, like mm, to I didn't to notice that. to visually show that it's a darker like area. That's cool. I didn't recognize that. Yeah. What I did notice is that there's less people in town. Mm-hmm. So not only is she saying that they're dead, but they're literally, they're all dead. Yeah, they're literally people gone. There's a pirate still offering a ride back on the boat, mm. and then when you go into the tavern. There's only Sid and the underling left. Yes. All the other people that worked for Sid are gone. Yeah. And then Sid tells us how to blow up the engine. Okay. I didn't get there yet. Oh, okay. So that's fine. Sid says that the weak spot for the dreadnought is to blow up the engine. And in order to do that, Unigrin needs sunfire Mm because the engine is powered by sunfire. Yes. Yeah. But I just want the the buildings all have chunks missing out of them. So that not only are there craters in the ground, the buildings are clearly damaged and... It's a really cool touch. Mm-hmm. It looks really nice. Oh, I remember now. I'm going to come to it later. But the reason Sid doesn't tell me how to blow it up is that I'm missing the keyword. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow didn't get the word dreadnought at, like until later. And so anyway, uh, gotcha. I'll come back to that. But yes. Yes, I am persnickety about getting all the keywords and asking everyone all the keywords as time goes on. Yep. This is why I talked about last episode how Lisa would hate the system. In this second playthrough now that we're doing it, I hate it a lot less because I'm I know what to do now mm-hmm. and it's it's not as complicated as past Lisa thought it was. <laughs> so Did you stop in Paloom also on the way back? I did. So I was gonna say there's there's the same damage in Paloom. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that says that he's hurt bad and doesn't think he'll make it. Yep. Which was very dark. And then there's another guy who says that they killed his daughter. Which is even darker. Yep. <laughs> he's just walking around crying. They yep. killed my daughter, they killed her, and it's just, it wrecks you. Yes. Yeah, this... I mean, it, unless you're soulless like me, but... Again, this game goes hard. Yeah. Yeah. This game is hard. The emotional connection that the first game was missing is here. <laughs> yeah. It is here and it is big, and part of that 
is that they're named characters and mm-hmm. that they're characters that talk. Mm-hmm. Like Maria will often bounce out of your party and talk. Furion will sometimes talk. We'll see Guy talk a little later this episode yes. and it's hilarious. Yes. But yeah, like each of these characters has not the best characterization in the world, but at least some characterization, which already makes you feel they're part of this world and this story. It's not just a vehicle for you. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the the world is just really fleshed out. You're really dealing with the stuff as opposed to go to plot point, go to plot point, go to plot point. It's very much a, this world is lived in and people are suffering and dying. And the issue isn't some nebulous, the crystals are failing or there are monsters. The issue is people are hurting people. Mm-hmm. And we are the monsters. And in 2022, that hits hard. <laughs> It's very hard. So, yeah. Yeah. So then I go to Altair, Mm -hmm. and now there's no one walking around town. There's the same damage. When I go into the hideout, there's way more people in the hideout than there ever were. So everyone who was, like, hanging around outside has sought shelter in the hideout. Mm -hmm. There's a kid tells me that everyone everyone outside is dead. The wizard says, please, Lord, save our king. And there's another dude who says that Prince Gordon has disappeared. Yeah. Gordon's left the city. He's gone. No one knows where he is. Yeah. The guards in the king's room say that he's not doing well. And then then I go into the throne room and the wizard's a jerk. Oh, I didn't talk to the wizard. I just went straight to Hilda. The wizard is a capital J jerk. What'd he say? I wrote a different word in my notes. I'm sorry, mom. (laughs) Luckily, I don't think your mom listens to this. (laughs) He said, the task was obviously too much for you. Oh, dang. (laughs) Oh, dang. Yeah. Like, not, oh, man, all of our people are dead or anything, but you failed. I mean, technically we did. Yes. That's been also part of the pain of walking through all these towns and coming back is the sense of failure. I got tricked, and this is the first plot point where I failed, and I failed hard. And see, I guess to me, I'm just, (laughs) I guess this is the part where I'm a little disconnected because I couldn't have done any better. Because the game won't let you type thing? Yeah. And so I don't feel a personal sense of failure. And so maybe that's why I think he's such a jerk. Is that I... Yeah, I couldn't have done anything different, dude. The path was was already made. Anyway, still didn't have to rub it in. Either way, (laughs) is all I'm saying. And I'm saying when you watched everybody get bombed and died, I I can sort of see why he would... The people who were tasked with this and didn't do it. And I, I can see misplaced anger and pain, is all I'm saying. Like, again... It's very, I take it as a very real reaction and not an idealized reaction. No, he's just a jerk. There you go. Anyway, so I go to Hilda and she says that her father's health has taken a turn for the worse. Mm -hmm. And Minwoo says that all must die someday, but he promised to go ease the king's pain and he leaves the party. Yep. There's a guy in a Three Musketeers hat who says that he believes the king had something to tell me. So I go to the king. He says, so many perished. Maybe we should surrender. Yeah. So not only has his physical health taken a turn for the worst, but clearly he's entered some mental health darkness. Yeah. And the Minwoo says that the king is sick beyond the physical. I also asked the king about Sunfire because I've gotten the Sunfire keyword from Sid at this point. And he tells me that every three years they use a a Jeel's torch to move and cleanse the fire, which is helpful because I also talked to Hilda about the Sunfire because I already know that Hey, Sid told me this. That's my next plot point. What do I need to know? And she says that it can't be carried by a torch and that it's the crest of the kingdom of Kashuan and that I should fly to Kashuan Keep in order to get it. 
So I need to figure out a way to carry it, which the king now tells me is Ajil's torch, and I need to go to Keshuan Keep to get it. And so the kingdom of Keshuan we've already heard about before. Who's from Keshuan? Prince Gordon. Prince Gordon and Prince Scott. <laughs> so we know that the crest is about them, and I'm going to need to go there. And so the king also says that when Scott sealed the gates, I'm going to need to get a goddess bell to open them and break the seal. But only Gordon knows where the bell is now. Or someone really close to Gordon and Scott might know where I could find the bell. Since Gordon's gone, is there anyone we remember is really close with Scott? No. Hilda? Oh, okay. The one that he was going to propose to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I ask Hilda about the goddess bell. And she says that it's up in a snow cave. And so I should go talk to Joseph. And that means I'm going to have to go back to... I know this. Hold on. Salaman. Yep. <laughs> Gonna have to go back to Salaman. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thrown off. I'm, I'm I'm waiting for you to finish this section. But I again because I didn't have the I I thought it was the dreadnought keyword I didn't have. I had the keyword dreadnought. I didn't have sunfire, yep. and so I didn't do any of this. And so our paths have have diverged once again. <laughs> okay. Well, at this point, I have to go back to Salaman. Done. Go. <laughs> okay. So after the king says that we should surrender. I don't really know what else to do at this point, so I just go wandering around again. Because <laughs> I know I've missed something, I just don't know where. So, I go to the, I go to Gatria, if you remember, the tiny little town mm-hmm. right above us, and everyone, the wizard just says that the Dreadnought killed them all. I go to Finn, same condition. I went back to Finn also, did you, because I wanted to see if I could fight the soldiers there and like maybe get into the buildings now. Oh, okay. Did you try fighting them when you went to Finn? No, I think I just saw that everything was all in ruins and... Oh, it looked the same to me. It still had Imperials all over. It didn't look in ruins. Uh Oh, well, I fought one. Okay. And it was a long fight. They're captains, not sergeants. So they're even upgrade from the sergeants we've been fighting. And so I fought one and it was a long fight. Probably the longest fight I've had so far. But lots of magic, and I was able to kill it. No gill for Ooh. for fighting it. You get the stuff for casting your spells and everything. And your, the experience. And your level up. But I also got a flame bow as a reward. That's where you got your flame bow. Okay. And the flame bow hits hard. Like, it's further along than I should be right now. Okay. And it hits with magic damage. And so it wrecked in the next section. Because I just had an auto attack in the back line that did fire damage. That's good to know. Yeah. I'm going to go back to Finn and fight some captains. (laughs) But when I beat it, like, I fought the one in front of the inn. I thought I'd be let into the inn now. Nope. Mm -hmm. Just stands there still. So I fought one and walked away. I'm like, okay, forget that. I was going to grind them if I could go into the inn, but I couldn't, so. All right. So in the overworld, if you picture the northwest corner of the map, uh, I head that way, and there are new enemies. There's some, oh, how do I say this? There's Ferusrakos. Don't, I did not go there, so I don't know. Don't look at me. All right. Anyway, I don't remember what those look like. There's an ogre, magicians, were-rat. There's nothing here. And if you if you haven't figured it out yet, the map wraps around mm-hmm. itself. So Because the world is round, not flat. Yes. So I stop before it wraps around, and I go back to Salamand. Salamand is unaffected. I don't know that I need to go talk to Joseph again or anything. So I, I leave. I go to Poft. And I decide to take the airship to the one place I haven't been yet, which is Kashwan. So you take the airship, but you don't talk to Sid. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So, I get, well, no, I could talk to Sid. I don't have Sunfire, so he doesn't tell me the thing. I don't have the word Sunfire yet. He's the one that gives you Sunfire. Well, I haven't learned it from him yet. That's what I'm saying. You didn't, like, talk yes, to him okay. and get a keyword from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go to Kashwan, and Kashwan is a castle. It's surrounded by a moat, which is surrounded by a range of mountains. Uh, it's across the ocean from Palum. I go into Kashwan, and I promise I'm not going to get too far. Oh, you're fine. When I walk into Kashwan Keep... It looks like a sandstorm. Like there's mm-hmm. there's grains of sand flying across the screen, the screen, and there's a fire that can be interacted with, but nothing that I know yet helps. Like I tried all my keywords and everything. I tried my items, nothing helped. And then there's a locked door behind it. Spoilers: so that- That's the sunfire. Yes, is sitting right there. Yes, and the locked door. You need the goddess spell to open it up. Yes. And I need the torch to carry the sunfire. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So end of the road for now. And in my notes, I wrote, now I'm stuck on this side of the map because <laughs> the airship dropped me off, but uh-huh. like, it's not there to take me back again. Like we talked about last time, the problem with not owning the airship is that it goes back to Sid every time. Yep. So I leave Kashuan and I go south and spoiler, I'm not going to talk about it yet because David hasn't done it yet, but we'll come back to it. Oh gosh. <laughs> Rude. So at this point, I realize I just have no idea what I'm doing, and I don't know where to go or what to do. So I look at a guide, and I figure out that I missed a keyword. <laughs> so I go back, and now I'm with you. I, I do all the things. That I talk to Hilda. I talk to Sid. I do all the things. And now I need to know that I need to go talk to Joseph. There you go. So now we are together. <laughs> so we're up in Salamand with Joseph. Yes. And Joseph says that the first flow... Oh, sorry. I do want to say one thing. Go for it. Back with talking to Hilda. When I mention Goddess Belt, she says, Scott and Gordon mentioned it, and she wishes that Gordon were here so that we wouldn't have to en- to endanger ourselves. Oh, I didn't ask about that, so that's good to know. Yeah, she says, the bell rests deep within a snow cave. Which oh, I guess see- I Okay, yeah. So you just forgot the part about where... Where, where she you- cares about us. Yeah. yeah, she cares about us, and she, feel- she doesn't want us to endanger ourselves. I love Hilda. Yeah. Hilda's so good. She's been through so much. Her dad is, like, going yes. through hell. Her people are being killed and bombed. She's, She's newly lost- queen. Yeah, or, you know... Princess regent. Yes, She's yeah. She's dealing with the fact that her beloved died and mm-hmm. didn't, like, mention her, yep. like, in his dying breath. Well, he did. We just didn't tell her. But I'm saying, like, yeah. in her mind, yes, to the point where she doesn't even want a memento of him anymore because yep. she's so hurt by that. Poor thing. And yet she still cares about people. Yep. She's such a good character. So, yeah. Back to Salamand. So, when you go talk to Joseph, he says, the first floor of Summit Falls, that blue stone did mean something. What? And so it leads to a secret room that has his Snowcraft. Yeah. So he joins the party. Mm-hmm. And we head to Summit Falls, and he opens the wall, and we go inside, and we get the Snowcraft. Yeah! So we head back out, and we head north into the snow behind the mountains north of Salamand. Mm-hmm. And then we ride the snowmobile around. Which looks really cool. It looks like a raft. It looks like a boat. Yeah. yeah. It <laughs> looks like a boat on the snow, and so this has a metal piece out in front of it to slice through the snow also. Yeah. It's cool. And on the way to the cave, we see icicles and snowmen, yes. which are basically yetis. It's so weird that they're called snowmen, because, like, you know, a snowman a is, like, frosty, and it's not called Yeti, but it is a I was Yeti. I say, a Yeti is a snowman, yeah. That's true. It's an abominable snowman. Oh. <laughs> but yes, these are the same sprites, they're just white instead of brown. Yep. So then we go to the snow cave. Mm-hmm. And on the first floor, there's snowmen, icicles, ghouls, balloons, grenades, and deadheads. And shadows. Did you run into any shadows? I didn't run into shadows until the third floor. Oh, okay. 
I found a shadow on the first floor. Nice. I want to talk about the cavern looks like a little bit first. Go for it. So to, I think it's really cool to indicate that it's an ice cavern. It sparkles everywhere. Yes. And it's just, it, it really gives off the effect that everything's slick with ice and shiny and it's very cool. It was very cool. There were some chests that had gill in it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a door that I can't get to. And then on the the, bo- the second floor, this is the same monsters, only now there's also zombies. I say I ran into a grenade and dual heads. You found dual heads on this floor. Cool. Yes. So yeah, I guess it's just the same monsters on every floor. It's not like in Final Fantasy 1 where certain floors had certain monsters. Yeah. but Certain areas have certain monsters and we run into them whenever. Yeah. And the chests in this one had battle axes antidotes and then there was a monster one that had a bunch of grenades in it that blew up on me <laughs> and that gave me a mithril mace nice on the third floor i also ran to some goblin guards and shadows and had some chests with antarctic winds yes the chests on floor two you can't get to directly you have to go down to floor three and then back up to floor two okay yep. so then there's stairs down to b4 there's a bunch of chests here that had uh two potions a blizzard tome and a mithril spear at this point, I want to say in the real world, I was when I was playing this this last week, at this point you said, holy cow, you're HP and MP. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So apparently I've been grinding really well. <laughs> yeah. Lisa's been really taking advantage of the system and how to really max her characters. Her characters are a lot stronger than mine, <laughs> just looking at them. Yeah. B5 has the same monsters. And then we've got... I got a Mithril shield and an ancient sword. Yep. And that, the ancient sword was in a chest with monsters, a bunch of ghouls and shadows. Mm -hmm. I also made a note, why does this game have so many empty rooms? Yeah. So again, that feels a lot like the maze in the labyrinth type thing. It's dead ends that you're supposed to be exploring and then you have to grind and fight your way through the dungeon. But because you have the map and so you're not usually doing the labyrinth part... The dead-end rooms feels extra bad, because yes. it's the only part that you actually have to check now. Yes. And so, it doesn't feel as bad it, when you're doing a dungeon crawler, and that's part of the dungeon crawling experience. It's mapping out the room and figuring it out, and finding the, the doors and the dead ends, and when you're drawing the map by hand, that doesn't feel as bad. It definitely feels bad when you have a 100% omniscient understanding Except for these doors. Yeah. And they're all dead ends except one. But anyway, on the, on the on this fifth floor that we're on, there is a room that has something in it. Yes. Something very cool in it. Seven giant beavers. Yep, yep. And they say, Snook! Cheek! It's yes. very cute. Yes. But there's one beaver in the back that is clearly different than the others that are wandering around. So I walk up to it, and Guy pops out of the party. Well, the, before he does that, oh. the one in the back says, Snook, snook, cheat! Like, it asks, it's a question mark and oh. everything. It's it's asking you a question. Yes. And then we party out, and Guy steps up and says... That he speaks beaver. Even better, he says, Guy speak beaver. Well, yes. Not, I speak beaver. Not, Guy speaks beaver. Guy speak beaver. Yes. Guy that, is a Guy's a cave yeah. man. Yeah. And so I have him ask about the goddess bell. And the beaver tells Guy that the secret passage in the wall to the right, and it's guarded by a monster. Yep. And he talks, Guy is still talking that way. Secret passage, wall to right. Monster guard bell. (laughs) Bell in wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I go to the secret passage. Yep. That leads to B6. Mm -hmm. There's a chest with a silver cuirass. 
Curious? I, I don't know how to say that word. Okay. Yeah. It's a giant spiky turtle. I wrote the same thing. I wrote it like <laughs> in all caps. Like, giant spiky turtle. <laughs> Standing in front of the bell. Yes. <laughs> so it's an adamantoise. Yes. And there's different intense epic music I wrote. Like the music. Oh, it's so yeah, good. The music has changed for this. There's a lot of like choral, you know, in the background. Not quite like the Sephiroth chorus, but like that kind of thing, if yeah. you can imagine that. And Joseph like warns us before we go up to it. He's like, this is an Adamantoise. Don't mess with it. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to. I was say, I found out that it's weak to ice attacks. And so I took it out pretty easily with a, with my Blizzard 4. Gotcha. I wrecked it with the fire magic and the bow. It there could, you go. went down really quick. And then I got the goddess bell. Mm-hmm. We exit. On to B1. Well, I thought it was a cool animation. Like, you take the goddess bell, and it's basically a wall that the bell is slotted in. And when you remove the bell, the wall comes down. Yes, yes. And the stairs leading up to the door slide into place. It was a really cool animation. I was like, that's awesome. Yes, it was. So I walk up the stairs, and we exit onto B1, the door that I couldn't reach earlier. Exactly. (laughs) And guess who we run into? Borgen. Yep. Borgen's blocking the exit. He's mad that we got... The goddess bell. We fight Borgen. I thought it was a pretty easily fi- easy fight. Oh, it was nothing. I two-shot him. Yeah. But then, as we exit, he says that he booby-trapped the cave and he'll see us all in hell. Yeah. Which, again, this game goes hard. <laughs> like, capital H hell. Yes. He will wait for us in hell. And I wrote, Borgen dies, question mark? Because he, like, his sprite lays there, but usually when we see people die, they kind of flash a few times and then disappear. He just lays there. Yeah. He dies. Okay. He's definitely, especially because of what happens next. Well, yes. He definitely dies. So I try to walk away from him. Uh-huh. And a freaking Indiana Jones style boulder comes out of the wall and starts rolling after us. So it rolls over his carcass. Yes. Now- Morgan is dead and waiting in hell. Yes. <laughs> he is now definitely dead. So we're running away from the, I also wrote Indiana Jones boulder chase. Yeah. And then Joseph stops it. Yeah. Well, Joseph first yells out a word that would make us lose our, our clean tag. Oh. I don't know if uh, Hell is going to do that for us also or not, but I think it's an actual it's capital, place. It's capital H, Hell. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's fine. It's not a curse word. But he he yells out what you a thing that you would use to stop up water. It. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he stops the thing single-handedly while telling us to get out. To put this in context, this boulder takes up an entire room size yes. thing. Yes. And Joseph is such a strong man that he's just like, boom, I got you. Yeah. And he goes, it's up to you, Firion, my sweet Nelly. And then we run. And as we run, Joseph gets crushed by this boulder to I- the point where it rolls him down the entire stairs. Yes. And we see his body at the bottom of the stairs in front of the boulder. And then it does the flash, flash, disappear. disappear. Yeah. I said, he gets squished and we leave. Yeah, it's so hard, like, him getting crushed, calling for his daughter yep. in the last... Uh. Yeah, Nelly, who who had been kidnapped, had barely gotten reunited. And now he's, as he's doing, as he's saving other people, as yep. he's saving those who saved his daughter, Yep, he calls out for his sweet Nelly, and Firion is crushed. Firion screams out Joseph. Yeah. And it is rough. This game is emotionally rough. Yep. <laughs> For a game with no voice acting, just text boxes and everything, and no real sprite work for, like, emotion, mm-hmm. it's still really emotional. And it feels very much, 
like two towers or like empire strikes back where i know we're gonna win in the end but we're taking a lot of hits first taking a lot of hits so i go back to salamand you go back to tell his daughter (laughs) well yeah Yeah. i'm like i gotta talk to them and the pink dress lady outside says that she'll take care of nelly Mm -hmm. sorry she's not outside anymore she's in the house now but uh, she says she'll take care of nelly it wouldn't it would have made Joseph happy. Yeah. Nelly is sad and she says, Daddy isn't coming home, is he? Ugh. Yeah, that emotionally wrecked me. And then the whole town is mourning. The yeah. fir- my first playthrough, I didn't talk to anybody else in town, but this time I did. And the girls in town all say, No, not Joseph. And all the blue haired dudes tell me not to let his death be in vain and yeah. to get the bell to Cashwan Keep. Yeah. It's rough, man. Mm-hmm. It is rough. Okay, yeah, I go to Sid to fly to Cashew and Keep, and I think the keep looks really cool. So you've mm-hmm. already been there. This yes. is my first time seeing it. Yes. It's surrounded by mountains. Like, mm-hmm. there's just one little entrance. The whole thing is surrounded by mountains. And then inside the mountains is another arc of water. Mm-hmm. So it's just a little mountain inlet thing, and it's an island in the middle of the water with one bridge that leads to it. So I head into Cashew and Keep. And we head to the first floor. And there, like you said, there's the sunfire burning. I tried to use the goddess bell on the sunfire, but nothing happened. <laughs> I didn't know. I was just like, yeah. let's do everything. But then the goddess bell unlocks the door behind. Yep. On this floor, there's chests with a cure tome. There's queen bees, mm-hmm. soldiers, balloons, vampire thorns, hornets, and leg eaters. Mm-hmm. And as we go inside the door, we find... Prince Gordon. Gordon is there. Yeah. He said that he came to look for Eagle's Torch. But, to try to get the Sunfire to destroy the Dreadnought. He, he's gotten his courage back mm-hmm. from thinking he's useless. He's like, you know what? If Scott thinks that I'm strong enough, I'm going to go and I'm going to try to stop this Dreadnought. Yeah. Uh, but he is still a little hesitant because he's like, we can't go on. There's too many monsters here. Yeah. And then he joins our party. Well, he thought he couldn't go on by himself. But yes. now that we're here, we can do it. Yep. So he joins our party and yeah. So they head to the second floor. Mm-hmm. There's ghouls, shadows, were rats, ogres, wraiths, and ogre mages, and some chests with some gill. Mm-hmm. Third floor, more monsters, more chests with gills, not gills, <laughs> gill the money. There's a monster chest that has a golden shield when you fight the were rats, and there's also some land turtles. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh! Speaking of which, I have a side story right now. Ooh! So in one of the rooms on this floor, I find an adamantoise. Mm. And now I've already beaten Adamantoys, and yeah. as I pointed out earlier, my party is very strong at the moment. Yeah. But it one shots Gordon. <laughs> Gordon is not the same level as my party. Now, I apparently have this the spell life, which will raise him from the dead. Yeah. But I forgot that. Ah. So I leave Cashwan Keep and I go and I use one of the statues for the first time. Oh, cool. What's so, that like? Yeah. I've never had to do that. Yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I go I think Basque is the closest town to where I'm at. And I walk back there. You walk up to the statue. You interact with it. And it says, as you pray, a warm light suddenly envelops you and a voice overflowing with compassion rings in your ears. Wandering soul, return now from the distant land where sorrow and darkness hold sway. Dang. Yeah. And then there's a... So Borgen was right. Everyone goes to hell. (laughs) (laughs) And then it, the little animation shows whoever's dead lying down in front of the statue and then it does the opposite where it flashes a couple times and then he stands up there you go and then he's got one hp so it it's different from 
the first game where you had to pay the monks to mm. bring your person back from the dead, the statue does it for free, and then you just have to go heal them up from their 1 HP. So one of the things that uh, has been keeping Gordon safe for me is, because I have the flame bow, mm-hmm. I just put him in the back, and I hand him a flame bow, and I equip him with some defensive stuff, and I'm just like, just shoot. Nice. Just, just stand back there and shoot. Nice. And he's, he hits plenty hard, because the flame bow is strong, mm-hmm. and... He's leveled up pretty quick with HP because I just have him auto-attacking and doing that. Yeah. Gordon will continue to die a few more times after this for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I just resurrect him because I can. You keep him on the front line a lot? Oh, Gordon. Yeah. Because he's got a sword. I didn't give him a bow or anything. So he's my little, I just, oh, Gordon. And I resurrect him again. Nice. I I think I also gave him, like, the golden shield to, like, help his defenses. No, I didn't, because he has a bow. So I don't know who I gave the shield to. On the fourth floor, there were some adamantoys, gas, and everything else, mm-hmm. and a bunch of doors. More empty rooms. One of the doors has three chests in it. Yes. Had a mithril sword and an axe and a werebuster. And as I was saying, a werebuster. Which is cool. And then on the fifth floor, there's another three chests. Uh, sorry, there's three doors and a chest in the middle. Mm-hmm. And then... Which had monsters and golden armor in it. Yes. Then the other door that had three chests had an antidote, eye drops, and a mallet. And there's stairs in the lower left that lead to a blocked off room on the fourth floor. Uh-huh. That we I hadn't got to earlier. In it, there's a red soul mm-hmm. guarding Egil's torch. Yep. So beat the soul. It's Sorry, it's a, it's a flame with a face and horns. Yeah. I just wanted to... And it's called a red soul. For some weird reason, rather than just calling it a demon or a devil, but so <laughs> I'm reading my notes. Apparently, in my the first my first playthrough, <laughs> I had spent ten minutes casting Blizzard, Fire, and Thunder until David walked in and asked if I was healing it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you cast something and it heals, the co- the numbers turn green. When it does damage, it's white. And so I walked in, saw her casting spells on the monster that, like, were green, and I was like, is that something you're doing just to level up your MP or to just prolong the fight so you can raise your HP because it hits you more? What's your plan here? Yeah, so I wrote in my notes, I thought the green numbers were magic damage, even though I know better, (laughs) and then I switched to attack and killed it in 30 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) So beat it, get the torch, I then teleport back outside, and... I yep. go back inside, and I use the torch on the sunfire. And I get the sunfire. And you get the sunfire, and when you walk out of the keep, there's a cutscene. Mm-hmm. The dreadnought is flying by. It snags Sid's airship right out of the air. Yep. Like a tractor beam, but mechanical. Yeah. Again, very Empire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. And that's where I told you to stop. Yeah. So that's where we're going to call it this week. Hopefully next week we're going to go find out how to save Sid and get the airship back. Yeah. And whatever else we've got going on. So what are your feelings and your thoughts at this point of the game? Well, like I said, because I figured out the keyword system a little better this playthrough, that's not as bad. And also, from playing with you, I now know how the leveling works better. And my team is awesome. So I'm having a much better time than I was the first time, even though I still enjoyed it the first time. But it's, yeah, I'm having a blast. Yeah. This game is really good. I'm not enjoying the leveling system as much because it's unclear at times when you've maxed out an item or not. Yes. And when you've maxed. And so that that's frustrating. There, there is a lot of wasting time because instead of inching up 
XP by XP, it goes up in chunks. Mm -hmm. Every few battles, it'll increase or not. So you have to battle three or four times when nothing happens to figure out, am I still leveling or has it, have I reached the, the max for this weapon? Yeah. So that part's been annoying, but I've been loving the story. I forgot how good this game was. I forgot how deep the story was. Mm -hmm. And it's been a while since I played a game that connected me so hard with the stakes of the world. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been playing a lot of games, a lot of newer games where I care about the characters Mm -hmm. or I care about individual plot points, but not necessarily the stakes of the world. It's always usually save the world because everything's bad and there's a there's a great big evil and you got to stop it and maybe individual side stories will really like resonate but yeah the just the stakes of the world are just so resonant with what's going on right now in our world that it just feels just feels hard and it just feels it's good and it's bad (laughs) yeah so we are giant marvel fans so hear me when i say that you know the problem with the mcu a lot of times is that these big bads feel too big and too bad that they don't resonate the same right like thanos doesn't feel as scary as some of the more down-to-earth villains do because He's big and out there versus right in your face and real, if that makes any sense. So this game feels more like that with Borgen just being a dude. He is a dude who has power and is corrupt and is doing all the awful things, which again is what resonates in the real world versus in the first game where the big bad was this time traveling god like question mark. I still don't know what he was, but (laughs) it's it's just a different level of villain. There hasn't been many feel-bads in this game. Even the fetch quests usually have an emotional component to them. So, like, in Final Fantasy 1, there was a lot of just, go here, now go here, now go grab this and come back. And there's been a lot of that here in Final Fantasy 2, but it's been like, go get the goddess spell. Well, why do I need the goddess spell? Because Gordon has run away because he's just seen his brother die, he's seen the world collapse... And he's trying to man up and do a thing, but we can't get in without him. He's the only one in the world who knows how to get in. But you need to go do this thing because we don't know if Gordon's even doing it. We don't know if he's still a coward or if he's still like stepping up. So you got to go get the goddess spell. That has connection. And then when you go get the goddess spell, you're getting Joseph who's willing to help you now because you saved his daughter. Yep. And because of that, he goes and helps you and then sacrifices himself. Like, these fetch quests aren't just fetch quests. Mm-hmm. You end up facing Borgen and he sends you to, like, he claims that you're going to go to hell with him. Game goes hard. <laughs> yep. So, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really looking forward to what comes next. I'm loving this game. Yeah. So, next time. Next time we try to figure out how to save Sid. Try to destroy the Dreadnought. Probably. Because we've got Sunfire now. We gotta go blow up an engine. Woohoo! I know it's wrong, but I don't want to blow up the Dreadnought. I just want to kill the people on it and take it over as my airship. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's going to be an option, hon. Cool. So looking forward to that next time. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can contact us at spousesoflight at gmail.com or... We are also on Twitter at spousesoflight. And leave a comment on either Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor or Spotify. Again, if you leave a comment, leave a review, it helps other people find the show. I'm Lisa. And I'm David. Thanks for joining us on our quest to bring down the Empire. 
This fantasy is anything but final.